in this wasteland. I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. A man reduced to a single instinct. Survive. I don't want to set the world on fire. Welcome to Disaster Artists, the show where we look at different disaster scenarios from the worlds of fiction and see what can be done to prepare for them and, you know, more importantly, survive. Yeah, and if you, which you should already know if you were listening to last week's episode, we were talking about um, the Mad Max universe and how would you survive in that scenario. I'm Shane. I'm Johnny. Yeah, and we're continuing from last week. Yeah. But I guess just to recap where we stopped off last week, so... We, had, we we covered one and two because we're dividing. You need to go back and listen to the first episode for this yeah. one to work at all. We settled that uh, the actual nuclear apocalypse doesn't happen until after two. We can get into that later. But essentially where we stopped off at, we had survived Mad Max one and two. You were riding into the sunset in your Toyota. What, what car did you pick? Oh, it was a Toyota kind of, anyway. Yeah, the name's gone out of my head. The Jeep, the invincible pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. So um, you were riding into sunset and that. I was hovering over you in my gyrocopter. Heading for the sunset, yeah. but little did we know there'd soon be a giant cloud blocking that sunset. A, a mushroom, mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, the full-on apocalypse yeah. happens. The difference is that was an economic and resources collapse. Yeah, and an oil crisis. You know, with an oil crisis. Um, the oil wars. Yeah, so there was a lot of war and stuff, and that's... The world of Mad Max 1 and Mad Max 2 and laws are gone and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we're talking about in that. This is the next step of that world, which was a nuclear war then broke out. Between the, the time of Mad yeah. Max 2 and Thunder. So as we, we, we decided like cities were undesirable because that's where undesirables would be. There'd be mass, uh, where most people would be there. There'd be less resources. So you'd want to get out of the city. Yeah. You'd want to get a far away and all that kind of stuff. So... That's where kind of nomadic lives came around. Um, where now we're looking at it, there's that, but the cities have been bombed by nukes, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've radiation fallout and all sorts of things to deal with now. And I think that's um, maybe not specifically, but I think there is mention in Mad Max that the people that after the wars broke out, the people moved to the outback. I think they yeah. actually specifically say it at some point. Yeah. But. Before we get into Mad Max again, I think this could yeah. be a good segment that we won't be able to do every for every episode, but where we do like an apocalypse watch oh, and okay. sort of anything we find on the news yeah. from current news we can go into. Because um, I just came across this. This was posted just the 23rd of September, so not long ago. Bear in mind, we don't know when we're uploading this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, uh, the Syrian civil war has prompted the first withdrawal from the Doomsday Seed Vault. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll get through it quickly. Just uh, The Arctic uh, Seed Vault is designed to safeguard the seeds of 820,000 plus plants in the event of a massive environmental uh, event, disease, nuclear war, asteroid impact, anything. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching a little documentary yeah, about me too, it. Yeah. We probably watched the same one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there can't be too many Was that our first date? Did we watch it together? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the Syrian civil war, a conflict has been raging for four years and six months, 
It has resulted in the deaths of over a quarter of a million people, instigated a refugee crisis in Europe, and set the stage for a so-called Islamic State. It's estimated that 11 million Syrians have been driven from their homes. Yeah. Actually sounds very, like, Mad Max. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we, last time when we read the... Oh, the synopsis, or it was the kind of, basically, the story of... Yeah, the yeah, Mad Max sort of preamble yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, the seeds including samples of wheat, barley, and grass situ... Yeah, like, this just goes into what uh, we so what, we'll probably what do it, an episode. What, what's the relationship between the seed bank or vault and well, that's more serious? Yeah, um, the seeds were requested by the International Center of Agriculture Research in dry areas. That's their full name. Sorry, <laughs> the Center for Agricultural Research in Dry Areas, which <laughs> moved its headquarters to Beirut uh, from Aleppo uh, three years ago on account of the war. Okay, so they moved. The war was disrupting their work. Yeah. Um, the Institute is asking for almost 130 boxes out of the 325 that had contributed to the vault, which totals 116,000 individual samples. An expert from the Norwegian Agriculture uh, Ministry says the seeds will be sent once the paperwork is complete. Oh, so they're taking stuff out of the vault? Yeah. Mad. So they're starting to use, like, the purpose of the vault was to... I have it as a backup in yeah, worst yeah. case scenario. But they're and using they their backup. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so I guess, well, what it seems like they had to move their headquarters because the war disrupted their work and they obviously lost a lot of their work in yeah, the process. Yeah. And so obviously they had put what their contributions to this vault was for an emergency and now they're like, well... Can we have that back? We need that back. We can't We can't afford to wait till the end of the world now. <laughs> like, we need it now. Yeah, so they yeah. just took back what they... I suppose, yeah, but a couple of years down the road they'll be able to replenish it That's or whatever. That's the idea. The plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's not actually as terrifying as a story as you could run no, across. No, but that's really but interesting. Yeah. And it just shows, because like, a lot of people thought these um, like silos to house stuff for the event of an apocalypse or something was like a crazy idea. But... Because to show you, it's necessary yeah. just for war. Never mind. Apocalypse. But uh, so that's apocalypse watch. But I think that'd be good. Like we, you'd never just report because I mean you could report on a war every week. But I think yeah, for yeah. stuff we'd want to keep it to something that's, that's a little light and actually like seems like something from a piece of fiction that we'd be. Yeah, that makes on. more sense. You'd nearly, you'd nearly think there'd be initiative for every country to store a certain amount of resource like that with an ally in case something happens. Yeah, you know, like your rainy day resources. Leave them with like well, obviously we're part of the uh, European Union, so you know, be like Germany leaving stuff in France or whatever. Mm. You know, it, we'll all look after each other. Yeah, yeah. But with other countries like that, like it makes sense. Well, I think it, it'd actually be a good thing to do on like more of a not a community level, but just like like a business essentially. Like if we open up our own little like silo. exchange, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if we, if we just and like you could pay say a hundred euro or something just to store like a couple of. Like a small amount of oh, so it's like a seeds it's, an, it's a survival safety deposit box. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Because like that would be the thing with preppers. Like a lot of people. I mean, I've got a big enough house here. Yeah, I don't own a house, by the way. I just rent. But like, I could, like there's storage space. But a lot of people you live in. How can you prep if you live in an apartment? Like so. Yeah, you have your you have a, a bug out place to go to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just somewhere that you can like if because you know obviously if a nuke goes off. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that person to give me my stuff back. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it's the type of place you can hold it there because, you know, chances are a nuke won't just go off out of nowhere. Like, there'll be events in the world that'll start kicking yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So it's just somewhere you can go like three weeks before you think. 
but it's it's the sort of thing is it's a backup for you for when like supermarkets start running out of stock yeah yeah exactly yeah. or like just if you ever end up homeless <laughs> like something really simple that <laughs> yeah. could happen but uh back just, ma- to- just make sure you have your key Alter did stick with Mad Max or stick with just wait we get to Mad Max uh, I just want to correct something from last week oh yeah I well we're going to go into Thunderdome in a second anyway but I was completely wrong about the the character the airplane he's not called Jedediah in the in Road Warrior he's only referred to that in Thunderdome and yeah. he's the gyro pilot yeah. in Road Warrior but he still is the same actor playing two parts yeah in in Thunderdome I watched it this like last night and this morning and it's not a gyrocopter he has, he has, yeah, it's he a, has plane. a plane yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well i knew that but i just knew he was in both of them and he has a kid yeah i just knew i knew he had a kid too yeah yeah i didn't know which one he had the kid in just i, know, yeah, I haven't I seen him in years but and again i don't care. i mean you can see why somebody would be confused which was which it's the same I actor know, yeah. playing I mean, yeah, a different you're, character you were saying it's the same actor playing a different character who's also a pilot and there was fan theories that he see i remembered i knew he had a son so i was like maybe he had the son in road warrior and so it's meant to be his son growing up in thunderdome yeah, yeah. but it's in thunderdome he has the son yeah and max does like max doesn't remember her like it's a different it's a different character because max doesn't remember him no no <laughs> so i have a different theory about that too we can get to i i have an interesting theory about it as well <laughs> do you want to just go in okay what's your theory um, well, okay, so I watched Thunderdome la- or Beyond Thunderdome last night, and as well, I was thinking about it and then going into Fury Road. And this is a real bigger universe idea, not yeah, really yeah, a disaster okay. idea, so bear with me. And uh, taking it from in Thunderdome, there is he finds the kids in this kind of like oasis grotto, right? The oldest of them, which you could probably argue is. There's a boy and a girl, and the girl who like tells the story and all. This yeah, yeah. Of... Like the girl's like, well, she's probably um, a twenty year old, but yeah, yeah. I think the character she's at most meant to be about fifteen. Is this? Does Max punch her out at one point? He does. He yeah, does, he yeah. her. <laughs> After shooting at her to scare her, and then she tries to leave. He's trying. They're trying to leave to go find the cities because they know the legend yeah, of the cities. Yeah, yeah. And they think his arrival is a is, is a sign that they have to go find the cities or tomorrow morrow land as they call it. Anyway, the so my theory is right. She is at most say fifteen, mm-hmm. and she talks like a child, and she there's only kids left. All the parents are dead. Yeah, and so a lot of those kids have only lived in this post nuclear yeah, yeah. war. Basically, it was an airplane left when the bombs went off. Well, I imagine it's... I, can it stop you just for a second? Because yeah, we yeah. talked about... We were talking earlier just amongst ourselves how it was originally meant to be a sort of post-apocalyptic version of Lord of the Flies. And it was yeah, turned yeah. into... Like, that is exactly... Like, it's, it's weird even to hear people say, oh, it's like a post-apocalyptic version of Lord of the Flies. Because Lord of the Flies is post-apocalyptic. Like, they crashed because they're... Well, no, they crashed because they're being evacuated from England because a nuke drops. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, post um, Well, they don't say a nuke, but, I mean, it's been bombed. Like, it's clearly... Yeah, and it's not World War Two. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, more yeah. modern. They reference the World War Two as an event that happened already. Yeah, like, yeah. This is a... No, it's not like the London Blitz. 
no no though like that happened it's a separate, yeah, yeah. that happened years ago in lord of like they reference yeah, yeah they live in a world where world war Two happened and nukes yeah. were dropped in world war Two yeah. as well but anyway yeah sorry we're, I'm, I'm i'm going around the bush sorry beating around the bush is it point is those kids have been there for say about 10 12 years yeah say, minimum right and then you look at thunderdome and there's one conversation between um auntie or what's tina it tina turner tina turner and uh, max and she said asks him who were you before and he says oh i was just a, a soldier a road a road uh a road cop or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. and she's like oh i was nobody and now i run barter town you know this kind of nobody else ever talks about the world before except the two of them and she comes across as being quite old and he it's like he's playing a character who he's one of only very few people who seems to remember the world the way it was Mm -hmm. and again this is sticking with thunderdome he there's another character the guy who has like the doll's head up behind him on yeah yeah. it's like a tribal dress thing and he is almost killed so many times and he keeps coming back and it's really funny but this is my theory is that maybe it is way longer than you think and somehow max hasn't aged <laughs> and i think it, i think there's a bit of it and it, then it falls into when you get into fury road it's like nobody remembers the world before yeah and it's like max is the only one or is you know and it's kind of so i kind of want i i think is there a theory that is max somehow immortal or something you know that he he's affected by maybe radiation affected him differently or something you know yeah because just the way the films are canonically like to me that makes the most sense (laughs) well i I have a theory too i'll tell you and i was gonna say the guy who doesn't die is also an immortal like max sorry that's where that's where i was getting with that i have a theory i'll get into but just to stick with tunnel road for a second and the lord how it relates to lord of the flies i think you'd saw now that you've watched you're pretty fresh with uh tunnel but with thunderdome and when was the last time you didn't go back and watch the first two mad maxes no because we'd already done those episodes oh, you just it. have to we'll take my word for it so there is no mention of a nuclear war in the first two no like, never isn't. but kind of the fact that it's been so similar like literally having lord of the flies backstory yeah of the plane crash and they're being evacuated and that mention you saw that scene where max has that oh what's a little fallout eh? that there's an old man outside yeah, of yeah that's like the very start yeah, yeah, yeah. so and they're the that's the first time in the series it's mentioned mentioned yeah. so it definitely happens between road warrior and thunderdome yeah um and that this goes into like the theories because it's the big the continuity with mad max is kind of messed up especially now with fury road yeah that's where i'm trying to find a way uh, around it now george miller's answer to that is he's saying all of those the first three films still did happen but yeah. they wanted to reboot mad max and he just didn't want to do a reboot so I fury heard, yeah. road is a sequel to a remake that we never saw and yeah because exactly. he didn't want to do the origin story again yeah yeah and yeah. the remake because if they remade it, he was saying it'd be, they'd essentially be remaking Road Warrior and the first Mad Max would be, the, the first Mad Max would be the first half an hour of it. And yeah. then it'd be a remake of Road Warrior. Like Evil Dead 2 being sort of a sequel, sort yeah, of a, yeah. they'd, have been, they'd have been doing that thing. So we're just meant to, so, so like all the first three films still happened. They just happened 
in a remake that never happened. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's an alternate timeline of the same characters really but but then he also came out and said no like in his mind it's just this takes place after thunderdome and they are just all the one series um but it's still that messes up the continuity of how max can have not aged and done all these things like you said and your theory makes sense i have another theory that um mad max one definitely happened and that was yeah max and maybe in road warrior but after the nukes fell yeah. And the uh, main police force was split up and they all went their different ways. They were sort of the last sort of hope of law. Oh, I know where you're And so all of a sudden you had these guys ending up in a village and there was being attacked by slavers and just being the hero and helping them out. And any time the description was given, it was some guy in a leather jacket with a sawn-off shotgun and a black Ford Falcon. But that's just their uniform. That was their, their uniform and their car. So it's all just different people doing it and they're never given names max yeah well they're sort like in road warrior it's somebody telling the story yeah and in thunderdome he says it once to um oh, what's his name the little guy i'm trying to remember um master it's master blaster yeah and master goes i master and he goes i max and yeah, th- that's yeah. it. That's the only reference to it. But Miller's also said the idea is, even if they're not directly being told, they're meant to be just different stories about Max, and the co- that's why the continuity is loose. So you can take yeah. it that maybe these are all just different stories, and everybody heard the original story. So yeah. anytime they hear about this guy in a black leather jacket and a Ford Falcon showing up, they assume it's Max. Yeah, yeah. George Miller has said it is just Max, <laughs> like so, know, yeah, yeah. but. It's nice to read those things into it. I watched the... Uh, oh, was it? I watched the... You know, Honest Trailers? And I watched their one of Fury Road and they did, did like, taking the mick out of how, you know, they they waste loads of water and they waste fuel on all the machines and stuff. But we t- we covered yeah, that in the first yeah. episode. If that's... It's it's like you were saying, it's a matter of principle. Yeah, yeah. They want... Like, you, it, specifically, we were talking about Road Warrior, how they put a lot of resources into getting one, one tanker. Tank. yeah. But it wasn't about, like, they might have to wait three tankards of fuel to get one tankard. Yeah, but it wasn't it's... about having that tankard, it was about the others not having it. Yeah, exactly. And even in Fury Road, they have, the, there's a man, the fat guy, is giving out, like, he's doing inventory. He's giving out going, like, you've used so many yeah, liters yeah. of fuel and blah, 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 like, give it out to your man. But that's it, when we were talking about that last time, I don't, like, I don't see that as some, like, theory we've deducted from it. No, I no, think no, that's, that's Miller's entire point, is that this, yeah, exactly. they're, they're crazy, like, and they just... Yeah. And it's the it's the that it's the exact same thing and they got the world into that mess to begin with. Like Yeah, yeah. It's 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 about people have given up on humanity and they've just gone berserk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well I guess right, because I do want to just talk about Fury Road, but let's talk yeah. about the world a bit and we can go yeah, into yeah. the film a bit more. Because the question we posed last week was like, how likely is this scenario? And that was with the world just falling apart. Yeah. So, well, nuclear holocaust, Jane. How likely is this scenario? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> more likely, the question is, uh, how more likely is it that anybody could survive it? But That's... I don't I don't think mutually assured destruction is still a thing, is it? You see, I'm, was that necessarily a thing? Or was that just like a... Was that things like the media... Well, more like a thought experiment rather than something actually tangible. Like, that it wasn't actually... Was that actually something in place? Um, explain to... Actually, so, yeah, for, yeah, okay. Explain what MAD is. Mutually assured destruction or MAD. 
ask is the, it's the theory of okay at the time cold war so you have russia and america both nuclear powers with nuclear missiles and basically it's it seems to be from what i can figure out it's more like a handshake agreement <laughs> it was never like an written That's, contract yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. it's more or it was more of a statement and what that was if say decide russia decided no let's decide america decided right america decided to launch a nuke at moscow right russia's response to that is launch all their nuclear weapons right now yeah and where they land or where they're aimed is wherever and the whole theory being that if you launch one nuke everybody who has nukes launches all their nukes straight away essentially destroying the world because that's just that's like thousands if not millions of nukes going off at the same time yeah now it's millions like it'd be yeah yeah so or if not hundreds of thousands anyway and so there's no chance anyone could survive so if you launch a nuke at your enemy it's suicide so that was one of the ideas that was brought up during the cold war of a way to stop each other from launching nukes at each other, like countries from stopping them from launching nukes yeah. at each other is if a nuke goes off everybody launches all their nukes so it's suicide so you shouldn't do it and that that was the idea being that it, that was the thing thin thread that was preventing nuclear war yeah, yeah. um whether it was actually a thing that, that was implemented the mutually assured destruction i think it was more like a bunch of like philosophers and sociologists like came up with this sort of it's more of a theory of why people yeah. weren't fighting rather than because yeah, yeah but because that's almost why like a nuclear holocaust almost seems like an implausible thing in fiction now yeah because because it's essentially like so far and mainly as a result of the americans bombing japan in world war Two, just having a hu- huge amount of nuclear weapons might be what has stopped those nuclear weapons from being launched yeah because you have so many of them so essentially what it's like if both me and you are sitting at this table and we're both like in an old spy movie have guns under the table and we both know we're pointing them at each other exactly but we're acting completely normal in this conversations that's essentially what these countries are like because who sh- if i that, shoot that's, you just that's shoot the me. cold war was yeah it's pretty much yeah and if i shoot you like yeah you probably will die but you're gonna get off a shot and probably kill me too yeah there's, um, no, there's no way like, especially under the table of that because it's it's not like we're pointing guns at each other's heads it's quite different yeah it yeah. is the under the table scenario because you have a delay with launching a nuclear missile so that's the more comparable one yeah and it's essentially like but and it's why those it's why the cold war was a cold war and never actually even though it did get so close at so many times like they still knew like there was no turning back from this there were so many times where the keys were turned (laughs) and the thumbs were over the red buttons like that's (laughs) that's the scary thing about it i'll just i'll make a cup of tea first and i'll get i'll do it i'll just i need to think about it and then while you're having your cup of tea the phone rings it's like yeah okay okay thank god yeah (laughs) we got the hostages back or whatever (laughs) but it's essentially because like you know the, the question of why america lost the vietnam war always comes up and yeah. like it's kind of different but essentially like they couldn't win that war because the only way to win that war is just to escalate it really far and move north and end up in a war with china where it would probably have ended up in a nuclear war yeah and they're like nobody was prepared to go no. that far um and i'm not i'm not 
certain how like exactly how much of the risk was with Vietnam escalating to that, but I know there was certainly a risk, yeah. and it was enough for America to leave and <laughs> lose the war. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know, and it's like a fact that the basically they didn't want to take it to eleven. That was yeah, the... yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was this in the Yom Kippur War, Israel and Egypt. And yeah, there was a few others thrown in there in the early 70s like the whole thing with them was like israel had i am pretty sure they had nuclear weapons i'm really sure in my ignorance here but yeah they did and but they couldn't really like take that action with egypt because the soviets would have been allies with egypt yeah and if they if they attacked egypt like that they would just bring down the soviets on them the Soviets couldn't move in and help Egypt early because America historically has always sided with Israel and that would just send the Americans. And that was that when that kicked off, everybody thought this was going to be a huge war. It's also called the October War because that's how long it lasted for. <laughs> yeah. Because they couldn't do anything because <laughs> no, the no. risk of going to nuclear to ending yeah, up in yeah. a nuclear war was just too great. And the war just essentially the war was cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cancel the war. Yeah. Nobody wants to go that far. It's um like to give you an idea okay so how likely is nuclear war that answers that question i think where you're more likely to end up is some sort of terrorist organization setting off a nuke mm. and then it's extremely localized i That's... i did i put research into this good while ago i had a, re, a idea for a story um, it was probably a bit too close to Jericho and you were like Shane you should watch Jericho <laughs> I was like oh okay and then I watched Jericho but I did research into this and like the spread of a nuke is actually not that far mm. to what you think it's extremely destructive but a very heavy large nuke something like I think it's like 20 megatons like if you were to put it in Dublin you put one on, say, O'Connell Bridge, which is pretty much the heart of Dublin. You would destroy, I think it's like a kilometer square or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, like, it's a radius of a kilometer. Then your fallout is about up to about 10 kilometers. So, like, if you're in Mead, you're grand. <laughs> like, this is, that's the thing. Like, even, even if you're out this far, you'd probably have to just close your windows. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and we're in the city, <laughs> you know. You you might die of radiation poisoning if you don't block up your windows and yeah, stay indoors yeah. for like two weeks. Like that's the difference. Well, which is that's why it's like that. I guess that lends plausibility to why a Mad Max or a Jericho can happen because like, yeah. a lot of people can survive. Because obviously, a lot of people survived the original war. Yeah. In Mad Max. In Mad Max. Yeah, but this, this is like they bombed the cities, so yeah. you are going to take out a huge chunk of population mm. that way. But of course, that is that is if it's like like you said, like a terrorist, the madman getting one with the amount of actual nuclear arms world powers have, like they could destroy Ireland in an afternoon. Oh yeah, but but the yeah, point is they would need they like would ne- fifty bombs to do it. Yeah, and Ireland is a very small island. Well, I mean, one missile now has the power. Like the, the when you look at what like destroyed uh, Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah, like one missile now is 50 can do 50 times oh, the damage yeah, yeah, yeah. Suppose, yeah. but i know what you're i know what you mean like in the, the the people who would who wouldn't go in for the like yeah so the direct effect of having like of all these countries having nuclear weapons is yeah. 
that they just become more cautious. Yeah. So it's only your crazy dictators, your Kim Jong-uns, who you think might actually be the ones that launched them. And they don't have enough that they can actually destroy the world with them. They can do no, what no. you're saying. They can blow up Dublin and not yeah, affect yeah. anybody in Mead. <laughs> like, no, yeah, exactly. They're not um, going to be able to take out. But then that thing... So like, They'll take out a couple of cities, but they're not going to destroy the world or take out countries. And... But then this comes back to like exa- what, what we were talking about. And this is makes brings it back to last week with the the oil like the it's not about with nuclear arms it's not about taking them off somebody or even wanting to use them it's about they just don't want somebody Making to sure have them they don't and they it. want yeah. to have them so it's just political posturing like yeah exactly. like the amount of nuclear arms uh, a world power has is like i don't know how i'm trying to make an analogy can't think of one no <laughs> <laughs> nuclear arms are to world powers what IMDb credits are to people that work in film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like money. Yeah. Essentially. But, but even more important, like, they've somehow, like, they've put more value on yeah, them. Yeah. But would you say then, like, do they I think li- it's li- they, like, well, do all these countries having all these nuclear weapons, do they limit conflict? Um the question isn't it it's they create so much conflict over wanting them wanting them and wanting another country not to have them but it's back to the classic uh, there's wmds in iraq yeah yeah scenarios of, from a decade ago like this um yeah it's and i'm not saying like now i'm not saying like having nuclear arms is a good thing like just no. because a kid is good because he's afraid of being slapped doesn't mean he's a good kid like no no <laughs> exactly it's um no I, I probably not because basically when you think of okay when a nuke was used once in this... a war and it made everybody go Oh, bollocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just from that kind of point of view, I think, have they reduced conflict? No, I think a lot of people have died in falsely or yeah, directly yeah, yeah. in the name of nuclear weapons. Probably more than had we set off two or three over the last, say, 50 yeah, years yeah, yeah. since the last one. But it is Maybe the death toll would be lower. You know what I mean? It's They looked uh, at what they'd done to Japan and thought, oh, wow, these are this is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. We need to have more of them to make I sure know, nobody yeah. else threatens to use them. Yeah. Like, but like it is, it's nearly an attitude of like, cops need better guns than criminals. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Even if they don't plan to use them. Like, no, it's no, just no. To if drug dealers, if drug plenty. dealers have Uzis, then cops should have bazookas. Like, mm. it, it, that's essentially what you're saying. And it's yeah, but then know. what happens with cops? Like they panic because they're not trained, and they end up shooting anyway. Yeah. And they end up shooting yeah. an innocent person, and that's yeah, the risk. Yeah. Then with nukes, uh, do I, do I think another nuke will go off? Yes, I definitely think in our lifetime we'll actually see yeah a nuclear. Not a, I don't think we'll see an all-out nuclear war, but I think we'll see a big nuclear incident that will affect the world. And have like, yeah, yeah. like dire consequences, but not well, quite Mad the, Max. There's a knock-on effect. I watched this terrible original sci-fi movie um, pilot for a TV series there recently. 
and the concept of it was it was about time travel and stuff but it was terrible but what set all everything off was um some physicist set off a nuke in new york and destroyed new york and the result of it was that the world economy started collapsing and basically world war three was on the brink and it wasn't a nuclear war but it was because of the destruction of new york that it put off balance all the stock markets yeah, all this yeah. kind of stuff like even just nine eleven put off such a huge disruption in yeah, the stock yeah. markets, which cre- created economic shockwaves and stuff like that. Like, so, if you think of like any city, not just New York, any city being destroyed, like what kind of shockwaves is that going to have? Any major yeah. major city, not Dublin, uh, but like London, well, Dublin New York. Would, like imagine how Ireland would be destroyed if just Dublin, what, like you, t- oh, yeah. if just Dublin's bombed. Especially because it's weird because like we're one of the most isolated countries. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so like we could have an apocalypse and the rest of the world would be fine. And it'd be yeah, like, yeah, we'll just no nobody's allowed to fly over Ireland anymore. They're just going to be left to themselves. The the worst case scenario that happens if if we've our own little apocalypse is there's some, uh, marketing guy in, like, in a, in somewhere in say like Washington or New York or something and the software on his computer stops working and he rings going oh what's wrong with this software and they go like oh you gotta ring the guys in Dublin to fix that and he's like oh man <laughs> now I'll never get this to work and like yeah, that yeah. that's the effect on the world <laughs> yeah and there's a couple of angry people who can't drink Guinness anymore Google Google stock would probably go down for a while oh, sorry, they've yeah, got yeah. big headquarters here yeah <laughs> but I think in in a way like it, it's definitely not a good thing and I, no. I think they'll still lead to bad all sorts of bad but not mad max bad. no but i think it's undeniable that having so many in the world at the moment is what stopped them from actually being used yeah yeah uh like it'd be different if there was if there was only half of the amount i think you'd be it'd be more, more likely be more that likely they, that yeah, they'd yeah. be used but then people living in fear of using them isn't good either because eventually fear is what's going to actually lead to somebody using, using them too. Them. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, like with the mutually assured destruction, nobody wants to end up in a in a nuclear war because it'll destroy them. Yeah. And just having a stockpile is what makes them look tough and invulnerable. And you take that away, and they become a target. Yeah. So I think the big risk is the countries like Iraq and Iraq, like you were t- with the yeah. weapons of mass destruction that if a country doesn't want like say just as an example say america don't want iraq to have she won't use iraq because let's say ireland say we'll use ireland america think ireland has nuclear weapons and they're right we do yeah and we've got a few and they're like we don't want them to have them we're taking them away and the, the un don't want us to have them and so they're invading then you have the guys in ireland are like well it's use them or lose them and then they're like, so I think that's the risk is when you yeah, start trying yeah. to take them away from countries, yeah. is that's when they might actually be used. Yeah, especially when you take a country small like Ireland, yeah. like we have a population of what, five million? <laughs> like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's. Well, you look at, you don't even need to go, so like, look at Russia. Like, that's what's going on with Russia. Like, they don't want yeah. them to have them. So, like, that's where, that's when you get into an actual risk of them being used. And then everybody, then all these ones that yeah. have been stockpiled. Um, and and that's the risk now but i guess just to take a, a bit back to mad max yeah or back to the cold war it's kind of different then because the devices they had yeah degraded really quickly 
That's right. Yeah, they did. So they used Pretty to have sure to, Half-Life. Yeah, they used to have to send them back to manufacturers. To manufacturers, it was sending them back to Nikon or Dell, but yeah. they'd send them back to the plant, plant and just have to get them redone. So basically, what the risk during the Cold War was, whoever hit first won, because I think Russia's or the Soviet Union's response time was six weeks. Oh right, okay. And America's was thirty days. So yeah. that essentially meant if America bombed Russia, it would take them six weeks to launch a counter strike. Oh really? Wow. And no, that's an average. Like depending yeah, on yeah. what they had sent back, or basically, oh yeah, it's they might have had say one or two nukes ready to go, but on all of them. Ready yeah, to yeah, go, the other yeah. ones are deteriorated and were back at the factories. Yeah, yeah. And oh, America like on a rotation of yeah. six weeks all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so, but like America might only launch them. They might they'll have planned it so they'll have made sure all of their they only have a 30-day response time yeah but they'll have made sure if they're launching first they're gonna have everything ready to go ready yeah, to yeah, go yeah, yeah. so that was the risk that just whoever launched first would have won so it was definitely a bigger risk then than it is now because yeah it feels more leveled more leveled Did i said that right it sounded like i said that weird yeah no i can yeah. <laughs> um but scary it's still a scary thought yeah um we kind of went on a huge i know we went on a huge tangent like... but i think that's important like because that like so is my is fury road that is fury road possible probably not like no but taking back say that irish like we're, we're talking about ireland so mm. uh mad max is australia so yeah. was it it's sydney uh Melbourne and um I'm trying to think of the other city now. Uh Brisbane. I think they're the three biggest cities. So if they're yeah. hit Mad does Max. Mad Max happen? Potentially to a le- certain level. Yeah. I don't know if it goes that extreme. But then well I guess it's different because we're we're talking about And if you t- and in Mad Max world it's the world economy's already been fucked over and everything like that. Yeah. So other countries can't provide aid. They're in a shit situation. You know what? So, that's it. It does happen because, yeah, I, I'm not even thinking about the points we already made in the last episode. That the difference between the we're talking about the real life version of the the potential of nuclear yeah. war now, but in Mad Max, it's a nuclear war that happens after an oil war, after a water war, after yeah. all these other crises, after economic where collapse. After nobody ha- nobody has anything to lose. So, like, actually, then it's just probably yeah, it's probably just possible. Yeah, like, yeah. there'd just be nukes flying all over it's, the I world. Think th- I think that's why, like, Mad Max is kind of the ultimate apocalypse in in that sense. Apart from like the sun going nova. Did you catch that fly? I thought I did. No. I touched him. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> we'll give you an update on that next week. But yeah, no, I think um, I, I think that version is really possible. And you were saying, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, Mad it's, Max, it's the, the ultimate. It's the ultimate apocalypse. Apart from say something that completely wipes out human existence. It's yeah, the mo- yeah. it's the ultimate apocalypse that you could potentially live in. Put it that way. Yeah. And because realistically, when you think of it, it's an apocalypse of an apocalypse of an apocalypse. <laughs> like it is. That's it. Does a that's huge. A, yeah, yeah. They go through three apocalypses, essentially. Essentially, yeah. There's three to four, like, chain reaction of, like, dominoes of different things going on and on to get you there. So, in that sense, I suppose, it's possible. Yeah. See, it makes me, like... It's more than just a nuclear strike happening tomorrow. This discussion makes me appreciate those movies so much more. I love them anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, Thunderdome (laughs) happened. 
Then we got Fury Road. Before we... Yeah, now it's a good time to move into the movies. But just before we do, like, that's not all... Like, we're going to talk so much more on nuclear. Oh, war yeah, yeah, And, yeah, like, yeah. how you... Because we just... Like, that was really just about, like, the chances of nuclear war. Like, we, really, we were going to go into, like, survive... Like, how you would survive, like, different elements yeah, that's, a, that's a whole different episode yeah, this yeah. Is the mad max how do we get to the mad max world anyway? yeah so, i think yeah. like we i think a jericho episode because like jericho oh, yeah. like whether <laughs> it's realistic or not actually it's i thought it's, I portrayal it's, it's pretty realistic. good yeah, yeah, yeah. but like every episode ski ulrich like does something like you know he went to like his character now seems like he went to a post-apocalyptic post training school yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's just prepared for everything yeah so we and, like, and then it's like he was just a pilot in the army <laughs> anyway um yeah that's an entirely but yeah sorry that's where you get into the discussion of jericho is nuclear bombs drop tomorrow mad max as we're saying is nuclear bombs drop after so many other things go wrong so it's yeah they're yeah. not comparable yeah okay well you just recently watched fury road yeah well is there much more to say about thunderdome no not really no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so yeah you just re recently what you watched fury road a few nights ago i got a text from you yeah my god that was fucking awesome it's really good that was directed by a 70 year old man i didn't realize he was that like, old yeah, yeah. it's got it's so like i don't know if you'd feel right but like oh yeah it seems like a 20 year old um direct like like yeah. it's somebody like a tarantino that just has made his first yeah, film yeah. kind of thing it's, yeah, it's it's crazy it's just like where has he been the last off making happy feet and, and babe and although babe. i really like babe so yeah yeah um don't care too much for happy feet no well that's uh, he was just direct like in in thunderdome I know it has a lot of problems. We didn't like you were saying it wasn't. It was meant to be a different script and yeah, it is the two was, films and then they kind of and I think it was meant to be Lord of the Flies, but more like a Steven Spielberg esque Lord of the Flies. Yeah, and somebody was like, you know what? This would be a lot more remarkable if Mad Max was in it. Like that's the idea you get watching it. Yeah, but it's like, why did you just put Mel Gibson in the film? Why did you make it a Mad Max film? Yeah, I guess but it was too close. Like if they made that now and it wasn't Mad Max and you put Mel Gibson in it, it'd be a good selling point. It's like, oh, that's the guy that was in yeah. all those old post-apocalyptic movies. But this yeah, did yeah. only come out like a few years after Mad Max. Yeah, so, so it was kind of thing. And it's George Miller basically trying to get a budget for his to do another Mad Max movie. I think it was a little bit. And then also there was the issues with. Um, which is the film's dedicated to his friend, I can't think of his name, who died. In, his producer. Yeah, it? he was like doing location skating in an airplane and yes. they crashed. And as a result, George Miller kind of went into a bit of a depression and he only directed the action scenes. Yeah. And Which are few and far between as well. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, the other director took over and made... Like even just... I, was, I think I was thinking... Like, you even can just, tell what Miller directed as well. Yeah, like even just the use of like sound effects and the score to the film is so like that Spielberg-y kind of Goonies yeah, kind of yeah, soundtrack. Yeah. It's very... It's the only PG Mad Max film. It's a very, very different film. Just um, to... Sorry to interrupt. And before this we get to Fury Road. Completely off the point, but one of the things that bothers me so much with that film is when Tina Turner says he shared they both of them share the same name master blaster and then like no they don't one's called master one's called blaster that's not yeah, sharing yeah. the same name no <laughs> <laughs> they share themselves as it's they're they're one entity it's a terrible script actually a lot of the dialogue yeah, is awful yeah. 
Um, it's like one of those things that you, like it obviously it got a second draft, but there was no third. No, no, no. Because um, they were already filming at that point. But well, that's a good segue to Fury Road, whereas Fury Road didn't have a script. <laughs> no. And didn't they make it in like 2012 or something? Like, well, what, they started making it in like 2007 or something originally, yeah. and then the, well, I know f- it was George Miller looked to try and make it in 2003. Yeah, and then it got with Mel Gibson. Dif- with Mel Gibson, and then it got he Mel Gibson basically said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do Passion of the Christ first, and then I'll do it." Mm. And then it never happened, basically, and. Then he went crazy. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> he went mad. He went mad. Yeah, yeah. The well, guy it was going to be an animated film then at one point. Oh, like they did with Highlander. Yeah, just because yeah. it just wasn't working. Be a great and anime. I'm actually, sure all the time Miller anime. was like, "I'm going to be seventy soon, and I won't be able to do it." Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but it was fantastic. Uh, I thoroughly now, enjoyed I it. I say they didn't have a script. That's it. like according to Tom. Tom Hardy was asked about like certain things. No, there's a storyboard. Yeah, there was just a really funny who he was asked like a press conference, like what what things did he like from the script? And his answer was, "It'd been nice to see a script." Yeah, um, yeah. Apparently there was, but the script was written after. Like they'd done, the, they drew the storyboards and designed all the action sequences, and then yeah. wrote and a very loose script to go with that. And then there's very very little CGI. It's all practical effects. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's what it, so... there's good miller was saying like cgi is what's helped the film because that's why there's so many like effects done for real because now cg's gotten so far that they can do all these crazy effects in real life that would kill people otherwise but now they can remove the harness digitally yeah that's all they did was they just removed harnesses and so there's like it it, it's the perfect it's how cg should be used like to blend with cleaner yeah do you know the guitar was real yeah that entire set up oh, was real. That's an actual. That's a, an actual flamethrower guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and your man, he's he's in some. He's an Australian famous music. Yeah, musician. yeah. can't think of his name, but uh, he played the character and he just played it. And it was amazing. That is that guy had the time of his life. Like watching the movie, just the character, like the character. Never mind the actor or anything. Like in the movie, the act, the character is just having a great. Time. I love that he's playing for the entire thing. Like you hear it off in the distance, I know. Like, and it gets it makes it really creepy. Like you hear like, this because it's their war. It's their war drum. Like oh, and so good. Even though that's such a ridiculous thing, like that makes sense in that world too. Because like, yeah. um, Immortan Joe has he's essentially like he's sort of repurposed all this old Viking mythology. Yeah, yeah, like Valhalla. Yeah, yeah. He's done all that to build an army that will just yeah, yeah. obey him. And like, what they do, they used to have war drums. Like that's yeah. Like it makes sense. Like yeah. yeah. And I, and I liked that uh, most of them are all affected by the radiation as well. Mm. It was brilliant. Like even your man. What, sorry, what was your man's name again? The Morton Joe. Morton Joe is it? Yeah. And how he's just fucked up from the radiation. Like he's a bit. You know, that's in classic uh, Miller fashion of making things confusing. That's yeah. the same actor that played Toe Cutter in the first Mad Max, the leader of the gang. <laughs> is he potentially meant to be the same character? He gets squashed underneath a truck, I think. In, uh, or okay. a car- yeah, yeah. He gets his eyes bulged through his head and he gets. Yeah. Like, I think you see his head getting crushed. But I mean, Morton Joe looks pretty messed up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, there's a prequel comic. I'll read something to you uh, just really quickly to give you some background on Morton Joe. This is from. There's a prequel comic about him. 
Yeah, and so uh, one ordinary Wednesday, the power was turned off and it didn't come back again. The world went beyond the tipping point. Those who could left the city to a slow death. This is written the exact oh, this same. Is, this is uh, Morton Joe's origin. Yeah, yeah, I heard about this actually. I meant to look it up. Those with muscle and rootlessness, ex-jarheads, devil dogs, with high and tight haircuts, caches of weapons and the will to use them, men in search of something more, a vision of a new world rising from the ashes of the, of the old world. The, their leader, the militant, Colonel Joe Moore. Um, but yeah, it's good. Like He's a good guy. Like he, Well, not a good guy, but he starts with the best intentions in this. Because oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a military guy. And, it's like, a little it, bit of kind of like a heart of darkness to it, isn't it? Well, this is more like if it's about him like taking the citadel. Yeah, yeah. And eventually he like he starts with good intentions. Eventually he starts taking slaves. And oh, then yeah. he tries to trade with the people who are in the citadel. Yeah. And then he just ends up attacking it. Like, and <laughs> I don't want to actually, I don't, because he might actually read it. I don't yeah, I will read it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's pretty good. But yeah, so that clip, like, it's definitely not meant to be talk or anyway. Is yeah, yeah, okay. It's very uh, and it's canon as well. Miller worked on the comic. You can actually tell just by the way, like, that's written the exact same as the preambles to oh, the yeah, Red yeah. Max scripts. Oh, um, but like, it, what a great character! Like, he's not in it much. No, like no. I thought he'd be in it much more. But like, he's a great villain. Like, I know, he's, he's awful. So and just like a uh, war boy is just so like dedicated to him and you see so much of him that he looked at me yeah he yeah was, like he's, he's he was treated scanning like a, the horizon he's treated like a god like this. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah they're all just trying to impress him and stuff like it's so good what did uh, you think of max in this version i really like i love like i thought i like uh, max Mel Gibson's will always be Mad Max, but oh, yeah. I think Tom Hardy might be. There's something more believable about Tom Hardy. There's something. There's something a little Do you know more. What it is? He, he kind of seemed more like I don't know. Was it like vulnerable? Or yeah, something? yeah. Like know. he doesn't re- like. You always got the impression from Mel Gibson's Max that he kind of. Well, obviously, he was pretty. He was pretty mad about his family being killed, but yeah. after that, he seemed to like kind of enjoy the apocalypse. I think that's. That was the intention, though, that he's kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I like that version. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, I prefer, like, Tom Hardy seems to be able to deal with it, but he just seems... Yeah, like, he just... He's just trying to find somewhere better. Yeah, like, yeah. I really like the, his sort of driving, like, the plot, essentially, like, the Mad Max plot of Fury Road is he wants to get his muzzle off his face. That's his driving narrative. Like, That's it, like, yeah, yeah. Like... Because when, when he's taking like the truck, it, he's offered the gas and like he's kind of comes around to it. But it's when she says, I'll take that thing off your face. And that's when he sort of lets them. Isn't that what happens? Yeah, then yeah. he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's the plot <laughs> And then he's of just Fury. along like filing his head and for ages. <laughs> the plot of Fury Road is Max trying to get a mask off of his face, essentially. Which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the simple things in life. But like, it's just, but it's really good for the character because it's his base instinct. Is just, it's like he just lives day to day and his base instinct is just to survive and get whatever problem he currently has, just get that sorted and worry about the next, whatever comes That's next, it, yeah, worry yeah. about that after. I, so, I, I love how they did the scene where he's like, stay here. He goes off into the fog. Before we get to that, what, because... Uh, yeah. I know we're talking about the film we should be talking about the world yeah, no 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 no. I, I want to talk about that like I literally want to talk about exactly what you're what, yeah, I just okay. want to preface it with something else okay yeah. 
how did you feel about the feminist propaganda? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've read how angry yeah, people what are. Feminist wow. propaganda. <laughs> One of the scenes people point out is when Max is taking the shot against the guys out of from Gas Town. It's the scene before what you were just talking about. Remember, he's okay, got yeah, the yeah. sniper and there's three shots and he takes two and he misses. Oh, yeah. And then she comes and she's like, let, Furiosa's like, oh, let me. Oh, she puts it on his shoulder to steady yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. everybody's like, oh, f- feminist propaganda. Like, that's really undermining Max that he can't take the shot and she uses him as a rest and then she takes the shot and it makes her look more powerful. It's like, Max has never been like in no none of the films have they portrayed him as, as being, a good shot. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's fine. He's a very good fighter, and he's, he's good at surviving. But he's never been portrayed as like a sniper. He's like a brutal bare knuckle fighter and a good driver and just tough and probably a decent shot. Cannot yeah, yeah. survive this long, but it's not like he's a sniper. No, he's a good engineer. He's a lo- he's, he's a lived good. this long because he won't take stupid risks. Yeah, and Max won. He missed twice. He wouldn't. He would not have risked the the final bullet. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And then it's also just what you're. The next scene is hitting gold. That he fucking proves he's <laughs> yeah. the badass. So like he the, goes off into the fog at night, and you just hear like an explosion. He comes back covered in blood. And they're like, it's not his blood. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Literally, the next scene. So everybody's good. complained. The next scene is Sean Max doing what Max is good at. Yeah, yeah. he had to get up close to them. Yeah. And, he was able to do that in a fog at night time. Yeah. Furiosa is a good shot. Mad Max is good at just going up and killing people. <laughs> like, <laughs> and as well, like, for a huge argument for it in it, Furiosa is the only, really, well, really the only, like, badass woman. Oh, sorry, apart from the old woman. Well, when they meet. So yeah. I was thinking, sorry, the... All the people they meet, they yeah. like, they're all pretty badass. Sorry, I'm thinking of your woman, uh, the girls, what were they called? The, the brides. Breeders or the brides. They're they're the only weak ones, and then they're okay. Like they pretty they take it on pretty well. I I do think like the women in it are far more powerful than they are than female characters would be in any other movie. Yeah, but they're it's, it's no more powerful accurate. than they should be in that movie, though. No, like they're they're equally as powerful with the men, really. There which is, is uh, they should be, you know. Like there is definitely like a feminist message to it, but I, that's not feminism. Propag- that's not feminist propaganda that's just no. a feminist message yeah um, yeah but i think that's just miller that just what he wanted to do like that's <laughs> yeah. how he, he saw it like I, yeah. I don't think there's any like um there's a plan to undermine max or undermine male authority in it not at all there is and like because there is that that whole thing i don't sure if it was even said in the film but like in a lot of the promotional stuff there was this um there was this campaign, like, who killed the world? Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been a line in the film. The idea being that it was men that, you know, had their fingers on the button when the world ended. No, yeah, it's but... one of the girls. Um, I think, is it the pregnant girl? She says it. She thinks that... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name again. Your man, the leader of the... Morton Joe? Yeah, that he... She says... Um, what's it she said? She says to somebody... They're basically having a debate kind of thing. And then she goes, but then who killed the world? And it's she's kind of referencing that uh, Morton Joe killed the world. Yeah. yeah. And that it's his fault. 
because she's like what like look, look, he's this, a, she's basically kind of turned around and going look this is fucking insane look yeah. what we're doing here <laughs> but i guess I she's know. using him he's a stand-in for like he's the type of person who killed the world yeah exactly yeah, yeah. which is saying men killed the world but like that's if if mad max was to happen nobody can argue that it wouldn't have been men responsible because that's who is are the power. world powers like that's, yeah exactly <laughs> And like the, nobody you can't make you can't argue against that with a straight face no, like, no you, can't. you can't be like oh it was women yeah like, oh, it was definitely women oh. uh <laughs> the most powerful people with the most money power and influence in the world are men and the guys who yeah they're the ones with their with with the keys for the switch before the oh, with their thumbs over the red button for the nukes it's all men <laughs> yeah you know it's that's the way it is like um so yeah you can't agree <laughs> that um just to bring it back to likelihood of stuff the idea of slaves how likely is the like the idea of somebody like in morton joe having well both having an army of war boys repurposing yeah. viking mythology and then having like slaves and breeders and all this do you oh. think the world descends into as chaotic well this is, this is where you're getting back into this is the other thing sorry that was going to back up my theory of max being immortal was that furiosa clearly acknowledges that she was a child in an already post-apocalyptic world and she's looks relatively near the same age yeah, as max yeah, yeah. anyway um i'd forgotten about that so you just reminded me there because i was thinking of uh like I keep forgetting his name. Jeez, uh, Morton Joe. Morton Joe. I, it's it's the such Morton, a weird it's, name. It's the Morton, yeah, I can't Morton. think of. Yeah, it's such a. Um, we just call him Joe. Joe, yeah, and he he's quite old. Um, Joe and, Moore. That was his uh, name oh, before. So. Oh, okay. Well, Joe Moore. And he's all messed up from radiation and all that stuff. He's grey hair and all that stuff. So he's he's quite old and stuff. Like that. Um, it's. I've lost my train. <laughs> what was your question? My again? question was how like the likelihood of. Army, like war boys and oh, somebody like and stuff, a Morton yeah. Joe oh, having but the, yeah, this, sorry this is this is me getting back to yeah I know where I'm going with this name sorry it's getting back to the whole thing is as we said it takes it's taken a lot of steps to get to this world yeah as we've had several apocalypses and then the nuclear being the latest one and now this is probably say 20 years later at least yeah so in that kind of world yes I think so definitely they how could there not be yeah because like that and it's all about who has the power because you're gonna have warlords with power and that is the people who will control clean water or yeah. whatever it may be the resource may be and they're gonna take advantage of it. like and that's something that exists now exactly in countries yeah like it, a lot of poor african countries there's and, actually there's uh, like even parts of india there's like there's kids living in streets who are slaves to as far in, as in like uh, begging syndicates and stuff like there's that. There's so actually most definitely. There's actually more slaves currently in the world than there ever has been. Oh really? Yeah. Now that's no. not in a percentage that in, a, in raw human lives. Oh, and just obviously there's, like, there's more yeah. people in the world, but still. Oh yeah, so there, it was a higher percentage before, but now yeah, with in, but just in pure numbers. Yeah. But now that's different types of slavery because that's taking like forced labor, sex yeah. slavery. I'm not sure if they include because there's um, when sex slavery. Just don't. I don't want to get really dark with this, but when they talk about sex slavery, there's different level. Like they have like, it's survival sex. It's called, and that's somebody like that's like, 
you know, a meth addict who's having sex with a, a meth dealer just in oh, order yeah, to get yeah. their fix. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if they include, well, I would include that. That's a slave. Definitely. And I think you're going to have, you would definitely have that in a Mad Max world. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in a study in 2012, <laughs> it was estimated three in every 1,000 people are slaves. Wow. So yeah, I think <laughs> like that's the that's the, the question isn't would that exist? Is is like do you think that would still exist? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, just imagine like the unchecked world, like a world where there's no government. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that tree and everything. People are always going to take advantage of people. Yeah. Simple. I mean, look at well, look at how the world like we had like look at the the countries that did have slaves. Yeah. And, what they got away with like yeah if, oh it's crazy if a government fell of course people you still hear stories every now and again some like rich family in london remember yeah. they will oh, be that found that was really recent wasn't it yeah where they had like six slaves living in there and like proper like is in they had slave quarters like yeah they bunch of just like immigrants that they just had them like to cook and clean for them and yeah stuff. Like, crazy people are like, just in awful. the middle of london like in a yeah. townhouse you're like what yeah they slept in the basement in rags like people are just awful like yeah. that's so yeah sad, sadly there's no we don't even need to debate that one <laughs> no 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 um so what did you think of uh the vehicles uh pretty awesome i'm yeah. not sure how uh convenient most of them would be <laughs> i don't know there's something i really liked the concept of the uh the war truck or whatever what was it the, the war, war rig war rig and what I what I really liked about it was just how they used that prop so well, and like how the characters like climbed all over it, and like they're you're driving along, and Max be like, "Oh, I'll go fix this," and he goes and climbs down a certain level and fixes yeah, something, yeah. and how uh, the war boy uh, was like hiding in the back section for ages, yeah, and all that yeah. kind of, like that. It was just it was like moving, it was just like moving house. It was a whole life. Yeah. On, yeah on the ship i suppose as it were and either you just worked around it and moved around it and stuff and i just loved that concept i thought it was brilliant i think as just talking about the film i think my favorite part of the entire film that if that was a a new star trek movie or probably any star trek movie definitely an episode of battlestar galactica or any action movie any sci-fi really yeah max and furiosa the first night they were when when I think we only see one nighttime scene in it, but that so. night when they're driving, they'd have had sex. If it was any other movie? Oh uh, yes, but like they don't even look at each other in that way. In oh, this, because no. like that's they've only known each well, like they've only known each other like twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like they just, it's not part of the relationship. They're just two no, people. No, there's no reason for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no. <laughs> but I loved that. That like if that was any other movie, that'd have happened. Yeah no need for it like yeah it wasn't necessary no for the characters it's not necessary in the movies to do it no (laughs) wouldn't add anything or progress anything to the story no because it's all about their mutual like it's not like they become friends they both just make the decision to do the good thing yeah yeah. and then they're kind of just stuck with each other and and in surviving they become more reliant and trusting of each other yeah yeah some of the vehicles just looked deadly. I loved like there was one that just looked like two Cadillacs stacked on top yeah, of each other. And, um, Unless the guys have like a, a tank with yeah, your Cadillac. man, your man who was the what was he the maker the bullet maker or something like that I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the guy he he goes he, after yeah. the fog and stuff like that. 
so that would kind of made me think about vehicles. And okay, so you're in the Mad Max world. Yeah. What would be your ideal vehicle? I don't think the gyrocopter would help me in Fury Road, actually. No, no, it's it's so it's yeah, strictly Fury Road. Um. What, what would like? What would you do? Would you like get a Volkswagen Beetle and turn it into a monster truck? Or <laughs> oh, so I can just like... I can just do something absolutely mental in this one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um. I don't know. Like, because I'm not much of a car guy, to be honest. Like, no, no, I thought mind. those the mo- the guys on the motorbikes seem to have a good idea. Yeah, you can't. That was a good way to go. Like, j- just for complete madness and things you can do, like that would make sense. But realistically, you can't really carry no. anything. No, and okay, I'm not talking about you live in the citadel, but like, you want something you can live in. I yeah. Think. Well, like the war rig's awesome, and but that only you need a party to to run it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's like having it's like a spaceship in another. Yeah, side, yeah. In another you need, movie, you need, you need an engineer. You need a driver. You need two drivers potentially because you need to be driving twenty four seven. Yeah, obviously on the move. You know, uh, I liked Max having the sort of the quad bike at the end. Yeah, like that's a a very convenient. Yeah. yeah. Could be it was a quad bike he had. I, I think so. I don't remember, remember that wrong. Hmm. I've seen the film three times. Like, but... oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen it in the cinema and then uh, uh, I watched it. With... I got something for you. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I got you a Hot Wheels car that I thought would be a deadly <laughs> um, car for. <laughs> um, and the car was called Steer Clear. Right. And I just thought it looked like a badass hot rod from uh, from Fury Road. And this is for you. It's not, official, it's not official merchandise, but it looks like official oh, merchandise. That's pretty fantastic. He was in a bargain bin in the paint shop. <laughs> and they had loads of them, so I went through loads of them and I picked that one because it has devil horns. That's a pretty... Yeah, I think I would pick that. Yeah. Should I open it or should, should it stay closed? No, I... I, I... You can play with it, Johnny. That's <laughs> I will treasure it. See, and that's what, like what we talked about. It's not in Mad Max. It's not about the car you have. It's about how you modify it. Yeah, like they even say it tons of times in Fury Road. They're like, "I want the V8. I want the V8." Yeah, yeah. and it's just like again, it's back to they don't care about how much fuel they consume. It's yeah, it's yeah. about it's about just being like enjoying the madness of a vehicle, not so much about using fuel, even though it's a rare resource were you a bit disappointed that in the final act of the film max didn't get the interceptor back and have like a, a sequence on it yeah i know it was what? really weird that that didn't happen but probably a good thing because but max would like he definitely wanted it back he mentioned it yeah, yeah. but he wasn't gonna risk his life for it no and it was barely in it it was just the point where he goes that's mine that's yeah, mine yeah. <laughs> and then you're like oh yeah he's gonna get it back and then he just didn't like it yeah and the uh, but that, that's the other thing with uh, Thunderdome is he got a camel. Have a, he doesn't have a car. He has like a wagon car yeah. with being towed by camels. Which to be did, fair, which is it his car? They turn into a train. Like it's really confusing. I can't actually. It's been yeah, yeah. But like that actually is one thing in in Thunderdome that like does make loads of sense. Like yeah, well the camel thing. In the Mad yeah. Max world, if you get into an action chase sequence, yeah, you're pretty screwed. But yeah, yeah, 
it's a good idea if you're because it, it seems in that he's just traveling north to get away from things so that's probably a, a pretty good idea go north <laughs> or on a camel more <laughs> yeah yeah do they have camels in australia no that's <laughs> <laughs> not not natively anyway yeah but that's the funny thing, like, where is Thunderdome? Like, Thunderdome doesn't seem Australian. Because, like, when they're in the desert there, that looks like the Sahara. It doesn't yeah, look yeah. like Australia. Well, I know in, um... Sorry, in Fury Road, they shot in uh, the Sahara, I think. Oh, I know, but, like, but that still looks like it could be... But, I mean, like, in um in Thunderdome, you have those huge sand dunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just you don't, don't have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see anything like that. In, no, it's more flat plain in Fury Road. In Fury Road, yeah. I'm yeah. sure there was, the dunes were just CG'd out in Fury Road because it didn't. Maybe, look. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I know the. Uh, I was playing with my Hot Wheels. <laughs> there goes Johnny for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> All you're going to hear now is that noise. <laughs> Whenever I ask you a question. Think like so. Just to go to back to Morton Joe and his the war boys. Yeah, because uh, the question in the last podcast was about your chances of survival and all yeah, this. Yeah, what's your chance? Okay, first, do you think? Okay, we survived Mad Max one and two. Yeah. Do you survive Thunderdome? Well, there's two of us, and only one of us can leave. <laughs> I thought we were together, so we're both kid. We both end up at Barter Town together. So yeah. Uh, okay. So are we? Are we Johnny Shane? We have the same name. Is that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, we're just ripping yeah, apart no, that. That's fair. We're sh- yeah. No, we're the same. Par- we share a name in this one. We're Johnny okay, Shane. Yeah, yeah. So it's me and you versus Master Blaster. Okay. Am I the big dance syndrome guy? No, I think we like. <laughs> we both are just. It's two on one. We have the advantage. It's two. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just because we share a name, we're counted as one person in this okay, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Just um, to not confuse things. Okay, we go into we we walk into Barter Town holding hands. Or or it's me and you doing Muppet Man, where we're pretending to be one person, but it's just we're wearing a trench coat and I'm just on your shoulders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go with that one. Just to be able to have better advantage in the Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're four-armed, four-armed man. And he's like, oh, it was radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Fallout, man. Exactly. Fallout. <laughs> um, no, I think I think we'd survive a night in Bartertown. The thing with Thunderdome is I would have stayed in the Oasis with the kids. I wouldn't have left there. <laughs> yeah. That was the most disappointing end, I thought, to uh, Thunderdome. Is they go off on the plane and they go to Sydney. Yeah, and then they stay there, which goes like actually, I brought that up because that kind of goes against because our reckoning was you wouldn't go to the city. Oh wait, no, our reckoning but was, that was you pre- wouldn't originally, but, but that was now pre-nuke. you would. Yeah, yeah. So that was pre-nuclear. So their one makes sense. Or their one is what we their their whole point is at the end. There's like a speech, and they put lanterns in all the city, the yeah, remaining yeah. buildings. As a beacon for, as a, like, try and for, show that they're a safe place for people. So what they're trying to do is almost rebuild society in the city, kind of. But you way. know what? It didn't work out for them. Yeah. You know how I know that? Why? Because on one of the Warboy's cars, there's a skull. Oh, yeah? With the pilot's hat, hat and goggles. Oh. Yeah. Now, whether it's the same one, it could just be a little homage, but... Yeah, yeah. 
I remember you saying that to me. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to choose to uh, assume they that ra- means they raided the city. Yeah, something. Which maybe then that could back up that Max is one of those children. This is true. I was thinking as well as another theory is that the Citadel is what the Oasis became. Ah. And that even though you know there's the prequel, yeah, with, yeah. Um, Joe. That, you know, the kid who has his face painted, like, he looks like the Misfits. <laughs> He's got, like, the Misfits school face yeah, painting. Yeah. He becomes Joe. <laughs> um, but anyway. <laughs> you know what? Like, we, that Actually, there's stuff in the game with, like, loads of people with the Misfits. Face paint. Yeah, and that's oh, set okay. between the the two as well. Because oh. the, the video game's canon. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So it's uh, set before Fury Road, is it? I think so. Oh, it's funny. Right. Like every well, although the funny yeah. thing is because the way George Miller has laid out the rules to the Mad Max, it seems like everything's canon. <laughs> yeah. So, do you become a war boy? That's what I was gonna. I think like that is the easiest. Like, do, I would, do you just give up your humanity and go nuts? Well, I think I pretend to. Like, I won't. I'll never believe in Valhalla or anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think I'd pretend. I think I'd go with it. Until yeah. I find, I I think that's what Nook was doing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that he was just like biding his time until a better option came along. Till he got laid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. It's. I think I could. I'd. I'd stand better. My survival chances would be far higher as a war boy than it would be if I was like out on my own, like Max, or even just the slave people begging for water in the Citadel. Uh, you'd have to take the war, yeah, war boy side because you're at least going to get regular food and water. Yeah, yeah, and and or gotta, a blood uh, bag. Yeah, or a blood bag. <laughs> and all you got to do is be horrible to people. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you take the dark path? Mm. I much prefer the idea of the lone oh, road yeah. survivor, and I would do that for as long as I possibly could. Oh yeah, I just don't think I could do that. For a long time, like realistically, nah. I don't think many people. Bas- could. Basically, you'll reach the point where the appeal of the citadel is clean water. Yeah, and to get that water, you're gonna have to be a war boy. Yeah, yeah, and that's the price you pay to get the water. But war boy does seem like the safer option. Yeah, definitely. As they're portrayed, how often did they go to war? They seem to. You're kind of you're giving the impression there's the your man the oh, the maker of bullets, whatever he was mm. called, and then there's the other guy, the fat guy with like all the distorted f- giant feet and lumps and stuff on him who kept playing with his nipples I thought that was fucking hilarious by the way and uh it was brilliant because you, w- you would get that guy there would be that <laughs> oh, guy oh yeah yeah I, there'd be more more than one like yeah, in yeah. any given like, town in, in that world you would just have like where there's people who just they would wear their hidden weirdness on the outside yeah yeah in that world <laughs> I they can the, yeah and, uh, and that's a well that's actually a good point too because pe- people let go of a lot of um what's it inhibitions it's like we were saying before we were talking in the last episode was or in the first part we were talking about uh, um, Road Warrior and the first Mad Max film and because I'm sure at this point we must be in part 4 or 3 or 4 anyway uh, we've talked for so long. <laughs> There's a lot to say about Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That for a guy who says so little, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that we we were talking about that is like the comparison we made is this the the larger life 
who knows he's being a dickhead. Yeah. Um, or the guy the guy who hits women when he drinks. Yeah, he knows yeah. he's hitting a woman and it's wrong. But he wants to because he's using drink as an excuse. Yeah, yeah. Now you're having people living in a world where they don't even need the drink as an excuse. They can just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, it's the unchecked unchecked society. Like, Yeah, so you're going to have people do whatever they want. But also I think it's an interesting point that do you become, like not just a war boy, but like in all like the Raiders in the first Mad Max films and the war boys in, in oh, this yeah. one, not so much being part of a tribe, like being under like a Mortem Joe, but just having your own gang. Do you start dressing like like a, a, you have an S&M fetish and like <laughs> yeah. dye in your hair just to look mental? Like is that a survival technique? Yeah, it's to, to look scary. Because you think, like, the... you know, how people used to be afraid of punks in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And it was just because you looked like a punk. Most of them were, like, you know, 130 pounds. Like, they weren't no, they no. weren't really going to do any damage. <laughs> no, no. Well, I think I think it more goes back to, if you think of... Uh, the Celts is a very good comparison. And the Celts were, for the most part, fairly normal people. They were farmers. And yeah. when they went into a battle... They cover themselves in war paint. They usually mm. went into battle naked, screaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so for the fact that you're a Roman soldier and you're giving your horse a drink by a river and suddenly you just hear like a thousand naked lunatics screaming, yeah. running over a hill, you shit yourself. <laughs> and I think it's that kind of way, you know, it's it, even, even in uh, Fury Road, they, they cover themselves in the white paint powder yeah, yeah. body powder or whatever and it's a total like it's your war mask it's uh, they're war boys but yeah, like, you yeah. know what I mean it's their what is it yeah it's their war paint that's the word I'm looking for um, so that is just a good that's a survival technique yeah I think so yeah. I think I would adapt that like because yeah. your option you either need to look like a badass or you need to look like a mentalist yeah is there are your two options for the Mad Max world yeah yeah if you look like we look now, <laughs> probably going to die. No, people, are go- you're going to be perceived as an easy target. Yeah. Like, even if you're wearing armor with big spikes on it and it's impractical, people go, oh, he has armor on. Look, yeah, yeah. On. they'll think twice about attacking you. And I think that's what, what the idea is. It's no different to real life. If you're walking through Dublin at three o'clock in the morning after night out and you've got your hands in your pocket and you're looking at your feet. Yeah. You're probably going to be mugged. Yeah, you walk if, head up. Sorry, if you're listening to your iPhone, if you're listening to your iPod and you're just walking straight ahead, not a care in the world, probably not going to be touched. <laughs> in fact, you want like I've never been mugged in Dublin, and I'm pretty sure that's why because I don't walk around like I'm <laughs> like I'm afraid. Like I don't. I feel perfectly fine walking through the city at three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And if you project that, you probably aren't going to be a target. That's it. Exactly. It's quite a different... Well, att- odds are. Yeah. Yeah, of, yeah, of course. But the but the the drunk 18-year-old who, like, as you said, weighs 130, <laughs> who is stumbling down the street is going to get robbed. Yeah, yeah. Because he's an easy target. Like it's. But then it's, it's safety in numbers as well is the other side of it. I think that's the most important thing, like, just having numbers. Like, Mad, like as the lone wanderer, the Mad Max character, you just probably... Like, realistically, you can't really survive like that. Yeah. As nice as it would be. But to, to keep going with Mad Max, I've been playing uh, the Mad Max game. Oh, have you? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I haven't gotten like a maybe like three three hours game time. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, the entire like the the entire pl- I haven't gotten to the store to the actual like story campaign really yet. I don't okay. think anyway, or maybe I have, and it's just it's all about like the story is essentially you have to do up your the interceptor gets robbed, and you have to get it back. No, there's no hope for getting it back. So you just have to build the your a better car essentially you okay, meet this yeah. mechanic who's going to the scene opens in classic like Mad Max fashion the the game opens with him like Fury Road he's being chased or something yeah yeah and he gets into <laughs> what a great opening so <laughs> he gets into a fight on top of a truck with the main the game's version of an of an Immortan Joe character yeah and he sets his dog on Max the dog fails so the guy throws the dog off the truck and then yeah. the guy attacks Max, and he's this like he's this giant warlord, yeah. and he's got this like a chainsaw, and Max cuts through his head, but doesn't kill him. Like apparently the guy survives, but it's enough for Max to jump off the truck, and Max is knocked out under the sand, oh, like yeah. in Fury Road. And the dog yeah. that attacked him wakes him up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're not friends. Like the dog, uh, the dog's looking to eat him maybe. But there's like yeah, they yeah. don't go at each other, and then like there's this really cool credit sequence. Of just Max wandering around and the dog following the dog, and the dog will like find a corpse with a canteen, and the oh, dog yeah. still doesn't trust Max, but he knows he he at least can open it, so he'll he'll sniff out the canteen and wait for Max uh, to open it, and which is basically share. the relationship he has with Furiosa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> or any of the characters, but it's yeah, such that's a that's brilliant. the entire scene of of him just using the dog and the dog using him, and they're not yeah, friends, yeah. but yeah, yeah, so they don't sleep together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my worry because. And and then uh, and this guy attacks the dog, captures the dog, and he's going to eat it. And Max stops him. And then he, it, it, this guy, ends up being a mechanic, and he takes oh, okay, Max. Yeah. There's this prophecy. He thinks Max is this godlike figure, so he's going to build him his magnum opus, which is going to, a yeah. car better than the interceptor. He doesn't think he's Captain Walker, the pilot. No, no, no not quite that. <laughs> and that's the entire plot of the game is essentially Max rebuilding the dog or rebuilding, <laughs> rebuilding the, the dog, well, rebuilding the car, and getting the dog back to good health. Yeah. So yeah. far, anyway. And you essentially are just that's enough. Like, that's a, yeah. <laughs> you're just driving around the desert, knocking down because like the uh, can't remember the general's name, but he's essentially a Mortem Joe, and he's got his own war boys, and they're taking over the desert, so yeah. they're always putting up these uh, like steeples to mark their territory, and uh, you just okay, kind of yeah. have to go around and destroy them and attack different camps to get parts for your car. Yeah, and then there's some like they're the war boy camps you attack. And then you have to like befriend other camps and do favors for them in order to get oh, parts yeah, you for your on, car. So it's like um, a sandbox open world game. Yeah, loads of those games where you get you go on like mini missions and yeah, literally a sandbox game because it's all like just set in the oh, desert. Set in the desert. <laughs> oh, I see uh, what you did there. But it's really good. Uh, there's like some they they add some really cool things to the sort of lore of Mad Max, like. Yeah. I like I had mentioned this to you before actually before I played it I'd seen it in the trailer where uh, one of the ways you get food in it is if you come across a corpse you oh, eat the yes. maggots yeah, yeah, as a source of protein which maggots are a huge source of protein yeah. but to do this really good you know in like video games between like on the loading screen they will tell you a little something a about tip. the world yeah, yeah. yeah like there's this really good one where it hasn't come up in the game yet but they mention about you know 
dying in the wasteland or maybe it's just a line of dialogue but anyway at some point somebody's referred to like a fate worse than ending up as fertilizer for the maggot farms meaning that some the war boys have farms of just dead bodies for maggots just for maggots as a source of food that's genius yeah it's so dark and horrible but genius now i know it's a different episode but wouldn't that just be the solution in the road (laughs) (laughs) i don't know because uh it is set in winter suppose uh, that it's not warm enough yeah i mean uh, it's not set in winter but it's like it's a nuclear winter it's Uh, yeah but we are doing a that'll be our christmas we will be doing that we'll do a christmas episode for the road (laughs) <laughs> do the most depressing <laughs> so depressing but yeah the game's really good um if your pc can run it I, i'd recommend it yeah but the lesson it, there is kids don't be so quick to turn to cannibalism it, they'll turn the flesh into edible protein basically how long do you get out of like if you <laughs> so dark well if you have a corpse yeah. and there's maggots on it how long do you have before they've stripped everything away that, that the maggots have no oh, reason to come back? Time, I'd say. But the life cycle of a maggot is quite short. Yes, but, but that's it. You'd be eaten from them every day and yeah, then they'd yeah. be back the next day. So yeah, yeah. you'd get weeks, wouldn't you? Right. And you'd have to be... Whereas you have, like, I assume... Human you'd have flesh. to let some of them continue on to flies so then they will make more yeah, maggots yeah, as well. Yeah. Things like that. So. Um, but I assume with human meat, you've got as long as you do with any meat. You've got a few days. Yeah, yeah before it's gonna kill you like and there's that thing like cannibalism like <laughs> there's very few stories in fact i don't know of any of cannibalism actually benefiting anybody no like no, anybody no. turns to cannibalism ends up going mad or getting some terrible disease that kills them like it just it, it doesn't seem like an actual option no you're guaranteed to get at least one of the hepatitis <laughs> mm. hepatitis yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're just going to get. Uh, you're, it's just wrong. But I guess that's something we'll have to cover. But that's our, another. That's another episode. That's our Christmas special. <laughs> that is, I suppose that's where we really talk about cannibalism is the road, and yeah, uh, it's probably the best one. As as I look, it's right. The book is right behind your head. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, in the studio. That's really funny. It is, and yeah, we, like we we have yeah, you can't really ignore the road if we're doing this podcast. No, <laughs> that thing, like I mean, even when I turn around there, all right, like there's loads of stuff there alone. We that's uh, Lee Beckett, the or bracket, sorry, the Long Tomorrow. That's a fantastic uh, post nuclear. Oh right, okay. That's uh, it's set in. No, uh, yeah, it's long, long after the nukes dropped, and like society's actually kind of built up, or like it's almost like postman or something like that no but that's one i just read that recently we should do oh, that yeah. but no this is more like they, they're living like uh pilgrims almost oh right okay. like yeah, some yeah. of these societies are and like yeah there's a sort of a religious law under them and these two kids want to sort of escape because they've heard like rumor like different travelers that have come through they've heard about these other villages that have machines from the old world and they, uh, they find an old ham radio yeah and contact one of them and escape not escape because it's not like they're they're not living in a bad place but yeah, yeah. but it's really good i'm not actually my description of it there really doesn't do it justice but it's a fantastic oh, right, right. book that'd be a really good one to cover and yeah postman as well that yeah, might be yeah. a good 
There's a lot. There's yeah, so the Postman's many. actually very Mad Max-esque as well, like the world. So It is, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've never actually seen the film, though, but... I did a long time ago. But as far as Mad Max, uh, I think I think we've said all we can. I, th- I think so, yeah, yeah. The, so. the thing is, like, this is... We're very early stages of the podcast, so I'm sure... I think we'll probably actually revisit Mad... Like, I feel like we talked loads about it, but there's still yeah. certain things we just have missed that because we're a bit Definitely. unsure of how to do the show to begin with. So we yeah, probably will. Sure it might be a year from now, but I think we'll revisit Mad Max. Yeah, well, Tom Hardy has signed up apparently for another three sequels, so uh, we'll That's definitely true. revisit. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it doesn't take as long for the next one. <laughs> hopefully, no, we like don't if, have to if, wait yeah, thirty if, years. If they're filming it next year, is it going to be out in four years after that, mm. <laughs> like this one was, or thirty years, or thirty? Yeah, like, is it another thirty years? We're going to do a let's play, but not of the new game of the one from nineteen ninety one on the NES. Oh yeah, <laughs> we should definitely do that. <laughs> No, but and we're definitely going to cover, like, we didn't get too into, like, surviving particular things, but, like, all the other episodes, we're going to get back to nuclear. Like, all the elements of Mad Max will pop up again. Yeah. I just yeah. want to reassure people that... But, like, if, if you look if you look at anything, even if we do, like, a boy and his dog, something like that, you're going to end up referencing Mad Max. Loads of course, there, yeah. So, so. We can say a lot more, but I think we've said as much as anybody wants to hear for now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, subscribe, download, do whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a Facebook page up soon. I'm trying to think of a cool sign off, and I can't think of anything. Have a nice apocalypse. Atom bomb baby, loaded with power. Radioactive as a TV tower. A nuclear vision in her soul. Gloves with the electronic control. Atom bomb baby, little atom bomb. I want her in my wigwam. She's just the way I want her to be. A million times harder than TNT.